0: The following podcast is sponsored by Structure Tech.
1: There's a burr under somebody's saddle about a ceiling fan. Ruben
2: gets really whipped up about it.
0: I do. I get whipped up about this. It's a good way of putting it. I (laughs) get angry.
1: Welcome everybody to Structure Talk, a Structure Tech presentation. My name is Bill Ulrich alongside my guest host, as always, Tessa Murray with Structure Tech Home Inspections, Ruben Saltzman with Structure Tech Home Inspections, and on today's episode, we are going to talk about some home improvement myths. Fun stuff. Yeah. So this isn't home inspection myths. These are home improvement myths. Exactly. Yeah. So Ruben, why is this top of mind for you? Well, these are things that we hear repeated
0: from people all the time. I may or may not even get into some of these discussions with my wife. <laughs> I'm, I, she doesn't listen to the podcast anyway, so we're safe talking about this. But uh, this is this is about the ceiling fan deal. Let's mm-hmm. just get right into that. <laughs> ceiling fans? I mean, should we tease it and wait till the very end of the podcast? Or no, you're going into it. Now? Go into it.
2: Apparently,
1: okay. there's a burr under somebody's saddle about a ceiling it, fan. Ruben
2: gets really whipped up about it. I do.
0: I get whipped up about this. It's a good way of putting it. I get angry. Can I stand? Can I move this mic so I can stand up while I talk about this? Did you put your hand in the
1: air and get hit by a blade on the ceiling?
0: No. The idea is that when air moves, it therefore cools down.
2: Like the temperature, the air temperature will drop just based on movement. Yes. Okay. Yes, exactly. Wait, that's not true?
0: Oh, uh, <laughs> Tessa, all right, you're the building scientist. Let me just kind of set the stage. What drives me nuts is a fan running in a room when I am not home. If you're not there, shut the fan off. It's not doing any good. And there's this idea that because the air is moving, it's going to cool the room down. And I don't know. I'm just a lowly home inspector. <laughs> Tessa, you're the building scientist. Oh, Maybe you man. can shed some light on It's a lot of pressure. This. I you don't, don't want
2: to be the cause of, of no, a fight between... No, no, no.
0: You don't need to get in the <laughs> middle of any type of argument. I just want you to explain to me how moving air makes your skin yeah. feel colder. You can do that, uh, Why? Right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well,
2: why a human might feel like a, f- a ceiling fan cools them off. Yes. Yeah. And well, it the, does, to it, be fair. It does. Well, the air movement will allow that moisture on your skin to evaporate, and the evaporation is what cools the the temperature of your skin off. So yeah, so a fan, the air movement might feel cool because of that, but it's mm-hmm. not going to drop the actual air temperature just by movement. I mean, that the fan will not make the room temperature cooler.
0: Yeah, so if you've got a room and you've got a fan going in it all day, is it going to change the temperature at all? No,
2: and okay. I wonder if it could actually, if the fan, like the fan moving, could like actually increase the temperature if the fan got really hot.
0: That is a fact. There's a wonderful
1: article
2: You've online. done research? You uh, can <laughs> see
0: me
1: rolling my eyes right now.
2: Well, it's a fact. Uh, you
0: have a motor, and motors give off heat.
2: Yeah. And, and... heat
1: rises, so it goes right into the attic and your second floor <laughs> bedroom.
0: Tessa and I just exchanged a look, when you said heat rises. That's another myth. We'll get to that myth later on. It's on our list of things to talk about, right? Yeah. Did, 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 Bill.
1: Your room's still going to be more comfortable with your family. Fan running.
0: <laughs> while you're in it. Yeah. While you're in it. So the point is, when you're in the room, go ahead and turn your fan on. I mean, I love fans. So don't I get do me too. Wrong. Just when I leave the room, I shut the fan off. It's just yeah. like a light. I like lights too. Yeah. Yeah. But once I leave the room, I shut it off.
1: So Ruben, can I ask you a question? Do you run your furnace fan continuously when you leave your house during the, the heating season?
0: No, I don't run my furnace fan continuously at all. I have one of those Sense Home Energy monitors. And I've got kind of an older furnace. It's like, I don't know, maybe 18 years old. And I can see my power usage just skyrocket oh, okay. when my furnace's blower fan kicks on. I mean, it's a lot. It's like 600 He's, watts or something. Okay. What is okay.
2: that in terms of dollars? Do you, have you calculated that? When like, we
0: take a break, I could check it out. Oh, and the yeah. Sense Home Energy of app will tell can. me exactly what it costs <laughs> per year.
1: I've got it
2: at my okay. fingertips, but not. Yeah, yeah. I, not I don't in have head.
0: it committed to memory. But yeah. so I can tell you, it does cost a fair amount of energy to keep that fan running.
1: For your old inefficient motor. Yeah, for
0: my old inefficient motor. It's not now, an I... ECM
2: motor or a... Exactly. Yeah. The
0: newer motors, the new furnace motors that are much more efficient are, are an ECM motor. What does ECM stand for?
2: I can't remember.
1: Electrically uh, computated commutated. Commutated motor. Like. Yeah. We'll go C. with that. It's, it's like a modulating, a
2: modulating motor. It yeah. modulates.
1: But it runs off DC. It's, it's basically, it's very low voltage that runs that motor. Anyway, it's like the fan that's currently running in my bedroom right now that's making a beautiful oscillating motion and noise but somebody's mm-hmm. there nobody's to appreciate there this, right? no the door shut and nobody's uh. there but when i walk in my bedroom <laughs> when i walk in my bedroom tonight when i get home or whenever the room is more comfortable than if the fan is not running D- it define
2: is. more comfortable. Like, how is it more comfortable?
1: The air isn't like stratified. Like, there's mm. not that cold spot out by the wall. Mm. And it's, it's warm mixing. over here. It's all mixed mixing. up. The solution to pollution is dilution. Don't you think you could fix all
0: that with turning the fan on like 60 seconds before you walk in the room?
1: Well, maybe, but it's okay. virtually no electricity to run this little fan that it's nothing. I mean, yes, there's electricity there, but less electricity to run that fan than the light bulb on that's currently, you know, in the alley that never gets shut off either. So...
0: Okay. All right. Tess, I can't reach Bill. Will you pat him on the head for me? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you.
1: Let's get back to this hot motor and this fan that's causing all this problem for Ruben (laughs) in... No, it,
0: it, it's not really going to warm up the room. But okay. if you had a finely calibrated instrument, I mean, technically, it does add heat to the room. It doesn't remove heat, it adds it. Okay, right?
1: I'll agree with that. And we're talking about ceiling fans. So we're not talking about a little fan that runs off hardly any electricity. You're talking about a ceiling fan that's got a motor in, that does heat up, and it's not real efficient. Yeah, it's, it's
0: not really going to make any difference. I'm okay. just saying
1: technically that's what it's going to do. Okay. It's going to
0: add heat, not remove mm-hmm. it, that's all.
1: All right, so everybody, we're talking about Ceiling fans, not the little one I'm talking about. Okay, so now that Ruben is. Heart rate is up to about 240. (laughs) We're going to take a a rest here. We're going to step away for just a second. So let's get back into more myths here and see if we can get you going again, Ruben. Let's do it. Adding more insulation is always a good thing. Oh, that's going to get Tessa going, right?
2: Yeah. You'd think that I'd be an advocate for that. You'd think that I, I would say that that can't be a myth, right? Working in the energy world for as long as I did, the solution is always add more insulation, right? But sometimes it can do more harm than good. Why? Let's say you take an old house and maybe there's knob and tube in the walls. What happens when you blow in more insulation in the walls?
1: you put more insulation in the wall.
2: And you bury the knob and tube wiring.
1: You can disturb it. And Mm.
0: that stuff was rated to be installed in free air. It was never supposed to be enclosed. It's supposed to be able to dissipate heat very easily. Mm -hmm. And now you insulate all around it and it's not going to dissipate the heat like it's supposed to. So
1: can I ask the obvious question? I guess I am. If this is a known problem, why is it even allowed? Like, wouldn't there be some city ordinance that says, yeah, as much as we want to make that old house wall more insulated. We can't do it because there could be knob and tube in there. Unless you prove it's not there, you can't do it.
0: That would be overreaching of the city to yeah. tell you you can't add insulation in your wall because you might, might have a... knob and tube wiring. Mm-hmm. Okay, All that'd right. be way overreaching. Lots of regulations. On
2: the yeah, I mean there might be some more awareness if we see that happen more, and there are problems as a result of that sure. with this new down. wave yeah. of you know awareness that homeowners are going to have about their walls being empty and wanting to insulate them, this might be a a new potential problem we see happen more.
1: So what other issues are with too much insulation?
2: You know, if you take an attic and you add more insulation and you don't do any air sealing, that can create problems. You can still have that warm air from the house that rises and leaks up through the attic bypasses and then all that moisture and that warmth will condense on the roof decking even more because when you add more insulation now the attic temperature is going to be colder than what it used to be before because you've just got a thicker you know thicker blanket between your house and your attic and so that attic temperature will be even colder so a colder surface is going to have more potential for condensation on it so, so what
1: what does leak through then can
2: create more issues yeah so you get these like frost. microclimates yeah you can get frost in your attic you you can, you can have enough frost build up that when it does warm up outside, that frost will melt, and people get raining attics. And also too, if you blow in a bunch more insulation, you don't install proper chutes at the eve to allow for airflow to come up from the eave into the attic. You can actually block off that airflow too. So if you have an insulation contractor come out and they just blow in a bunch of insulation, they can prevent that attic ventilation that you once had. So yeah. it can create some issues.
0: Yeah, not only that, but I've done a lot of an attic inspections for people, just troubleshooting inspections, figuring out why they've got ice dams or frost in the attic after they've already added, added. all the insulation. Yeah. Because it's like all of a sudden, they, and they say, I never had any issues until I had this insulation added. Now it's worse. It's just like yeah. what you're talking yeah. about, Tessa. And the big challenge here is that now it's just about impossible for me to find these bypasses because yeah. they're like, yeah, I wanted R60. Right. And you've got two feet of insulation that you got to climb through. <laughs> you've
2: now. got someone who's wading through like three feet of insulation trying to find a little attic bypass and now it's impossible so you yes, actually would have been better off just not adding the insulation doing the air sealing doing the vent chutes and then blowing a little bit more in after yeah,
0: that makes it much more difficult to fix what's sitting underneath it once yeah. you've got two more
2: feet yeah to swim exactly yeah
1: all right so insulation swimming is not a sport that you're interested in <laughs> 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 no, it's Moving on here. Yeah. all right so myth number we'll, we'll call it three all houses should have high efficiency appliances for furnaces? Okay, well, well oh. heat plants. furnaces. High-efficiency
2: yeah. furnaces. Yeah, well, in theory, it sounds like a great idea. You're installing a furnace that's more energy efficient, so you're going to save money, right? Yes. Heating and, and all of that but if you have a high-efficiency furnace it's in, and it's installed where both the intake and the exhaust pipe are ducted directly to the exterior, to the outside.
0: And that's like 9 out of 10. 9 out of 10,
2: yep. Then that the whole dynamic of how your house works is going to change. The pressures in the house, the air quality in the house. So old furnaces would use air from the room, air from the house for combustion. So that provides this like natural air exchange in your house. As your furnace uses that oxygen, and uses that air, more fresh air from the outside gets pulled in through combustion air intake or gaps in the building envelope, and it, you know, reduces the pollutants in the house, right? It eliminates the moisture in the house. It eliminates smells. You've got this natural air exchange happening when the furnace runs, but you put in a high efficiency furnace and you have an intake and exhaust pipe directly connected to the furnace. Now that furnace is pulling in air directly from the outside and it's exhausting air to the outside and it's not using any of the air from the house or any of the air from the the room. So you're not getting that natural air exchange. So I've seen a lot of people where standard house and they had an old furnace and they replace it with high efficiency. And now all of a sudden they have all this condensation on their windows in the wintertime that they never used to have, or they complain about smell sticking around in the house longer than they used to or having air quality issues or mold problems. And it's because they put in a high efficiency furnace and it changed the whole dynamic of the house.
0: So just simply upgrading to a high efficiency furnace is not always a good thing to do. I mean, we like high efficiency furnaces. Yeah. But the heating contractor needs to be an HVAC AC. contractor.
2: Heating, ventilating, air conditioning. Yeah, it, it's building sites. Wait,
0: Tessa, I'll slip in our joke here. What happens when you eliminate the V? You have a...
2: Heating contractor? A hack. <laughs> When <laughs> they're not please yeah. direct in the all comments oh, to
1: Ruben at
2: <laughs> I thought you knew yeah, that one. I've sorry. never heard of that no, the it's a new one me. sorry Ruben I left you hanging there but okay. but I mean really it's not saying that high efficiency furnaces are bad it's just realizing that upgrading from an older furnace to a new furnace can, can impact air quality and moisture in a house and so you need to think about the big picture and maybe you need to install another bath fan or you need to install an HRV or an ERV system or something else to provide some some sort of ventilation for the house.
1: Gotcha. All right. I think we have time for one more here before we cruise on off to a break. But new windows will pay for themselves. Myth number four, new windows will pay for themselves.
0: Oh my gosh. And this is the the hack window salesman's tack where they tell people you need new windows over time, you know, after five, 10 years, whatever. They'll pay for themselves with all the energy savings. And that's just the biggest lump of crap. Crap! We'll go with that. That's the worst salesman's tack they use because it's it's completely garbage. There's absolutely no way a window will ever pay for itself, no matter how many years you have. Mm-hmm. It's I mean, it'll it's, take a
2: lifetime to see a return on investment in terms of energy. Yeah, energy savings. You won't
0: even break even. No, I mean you look at what windows, how much energy they lose. They do lose energy. They do. But you upgrade all of your windows, and you're not. You're probably not even going to see a difference in your energy bill. Maybe a little bit maybe a little but not a lot
2: here's the thing you're going from you know a standard window let's say you've got a single pane window maybe that's an r1 and you know and that's the measurement for how resistive to heat transfer a material is so an, an r1 is very low resistance which means you're gonna have a lot of heat loss through that glass right now let's say you spend <laughs> thousands of dollars and you upgrade to a double pane gas fill window now you've got an R3. <laughs> so you multiply the surface area from an R1 to an R3, and you know, that's, you're know saving R2, right, over a certain surface area. And now you've spent thousands of dollars. How long is it going to take to see that return on increasing the percentage of R value by 2%? Yeah.
0: And it's, considering how much of your wall do these windows actually make up? Yeah. I mean, what are you changing? And just to be clear, when you're saying R value, I mean, that's a number everybody knows. Yeah. For, for a window, they technically have a different term yeah. called a... U-value. Value,
2: Yep, thank and, you.
0: And when you say thousands, I mean, typically it's not thousands per window, but, I mean, we're talking tens of thousands yeah. when you redo a
2: house. All of the windows. I mean, the, if you really want to save money on energy, remove that window and don't put a new window in. Make it a wall <laughs> <laughs> and insulate it to an R20. Yeah, right. There you go. That's your energy hey, savings honey, right there. Here's your new there. bay wall. I hope you <laughs> yeah, enjoy it. Exactly. It's <laughs> a good term. Yeah. No,
0: but if you want to save on energy, it's like yeah. go for the low hanging fruit. Right. I mean if you if you have yeah. single pane windows and you, you wanna take the, the low option, put on storm, storm windows. Storm
2: windows, yeah. I mean that's gonna option. give
0: you the biggest bang for your buck on a single pane window. But Tessa, when was the last time you inspected a Minnesota home with single pane windows? Or have you ever?
2: Yeah, there's a lot of old houses in Minneapolis or St. Paul that might still have a single pane window, but well, most of them have a storm window that's on the what outside, I mean. which single
0: pane without a storm. Okay,
2: without a storm, hardly ever. Yeah, yeah and rare. with that storm. it it behaves just like a a double pane window almost
0: it's it's not as good as a sealed gas double pane but it's not a huge difference not
2: a huge difference no there's
0: still there's still big holes in your insulation yes
2: exactly Insulation (laughs) enclosure yes
1: so that's not low-hanging fruit in the energy savings world
0: upgrading from a single pane to a double pane is low-hanging fruit but the other stuff would be adding an attic insulation upgrading air sealing Air ceiling, things like that. Those gotcha. are the easier ones.
1: All right, we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to finish out this list of home improvement myths. You've been listening to Structure Talk, a structure tech presentation. Hi, everybody. Bill Overick here with Structure Talk. Are you a DIYer? you want a great place to go get DIY information, check out the familyhandyman.com. This website is full of videos, full of information, full of tips, it's like a DIYers dream. The guys over at Family Handyman have tested just about every single item inside of a house. On their website, there's tons of videos, there's tons of content, check them out. They're a great resource for any DIYer. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Structure Talk, a Structure Tech presentation. My name is Bill Ulrich alongside Tessa Murray and Ruben Saltzman. And on today's episode, we're running through some home improvement myths. Gets this group pretty wound up. Well, at least the two to the left of me. So let's jump into this. The home energy Squad's going to show up at your house. And I'm not sure if that's like a thing, a home energy people. We won't call them the squad. The people come out and they're going to bring a bunch of CFL light bulbs with them. Is that a good idea?
2: Do they bring CFLs anymore? They've probably moved on to LEDs, right? Probably. When I was doing that, we used to use CFLs, but that was a while ago. Mm-hmm. I think they've gotten rid of those, hopefully.
1: Why hopefully? What's wrong with this CFL?
0: Ruben? Well, it was a transition technology. They never meant for CFLs to be a permanent thing that people were going to be using. And, and CFLs for anybody, everybody knows what that is, Com- right? Compact, compact fluorescent, fluorescent light. lights.
2: Light. The spirally looking ones. Yeah,
0: the spiral bulbs. We all know what those are. Some of them were really crummy where you'd flip it on and it'd take like a minute for the light to really warm it'd flicker up. flicker for and a
2: while. And
0: it'd be dim and eventually it'd brighten up over time. Those were just kind of a transition technology. They were much more efficient than a traditional bulb. They weren't fantastic. They're nowhere near as efficient as LEDs. They take a while to warm up. And then if you break them, or what do you do with them? How do you get rid of them? They all need to be recycled. They all contain mercury. mercury. And I used to work at Home Depot. And anytime something would break or spill, you had to get the the MSDS safety sheet, material safety, uh-huh. data, safety, data, safety, data sheet. safety sheet, something like mm-hmm. that. You had to get this sheet. And the requirements for a broken fluorescent bulb are crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's like you got to quarantine the area. And you <laughs> the gotta, mercury.
2: Yeah. 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 And you got
0: to, you know, carefully sweep it up yeah. while you're wearing this type of mask wow. and use a a HEPA vacuum yeah, and then use tape to crazy. get oh the shards gosh. or something like that. I mean, it's, it's crazy what you got to do. Well, and who does that in a home? No. What do you do if you break a bulb? You sweep it up and you put it in your garbage. Yeah, exactly. It's like th- there's a lot of contamination. Just imagine the yeah. okay, probably so, millions of bulbs getting tossed out. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. So CFL bulbs are not the answer to our light efficiency woes. So do Dimmers actually save electricity or save energy? I don't know. It's a couple raised eyebrows and nobody (laughs) knows. So we're going to move on. (laughs) Who cares? (laughs) All right. So the most controversial issue of the day heat rises. Tell us about heat rising and why is that a home? owner improvement myth. Tessa?
2: Well, it's not heat that rises. Warm air will rise. Warm air is less dense. So as it rises, the cold air is more dense. It will fall and push the warmer air up. So it's this kind of this convective loop happening.
1: Is that what is happening by those old single pane windows without a storm on them? Is it a heat rise and fall thing going on. There's a couple
2: on. different things happening probably. What you're feeling if you if you feel like cold next to an old window. Yeah,
1: yeah. are they drafty or are they something I think else?
2: That, well, a lot of times they are, yes. So you can actually have like if there's let's say it's a windy day, maybe, okay. maybe you're feeling some of that air leaking in through. So that's one thing. But you can also have that basically as you know, as the warm air cools down, it'll fall and so when that air hits the window it's gonna cool down, it's gonna fall. So you might get a little micro looping, convective looping right next to a window. But you're also gonna have like radiant heat loss to a window. You're gonna lose your own body heat to that object mm. and it's you're gonna feel like it's cold because of that so you could have convection and radiation and all those things happening by a window that makes it feel cooler
0: to just switch it a little on the topic of convection I wanted to bring up something there there was a Q&A topic that we never got to on one of our past Q&A sessions where somebody had asked about ghosting mm. and, and this is where you go into a typically it's an older home and you look at the ceiling and sometimes even on the walls and you can see little dark marks of where the wall studs are or where the roof trusses are you can see this little it's like a little
2: shadow yeah,
0: yeah yeah it's like a little shadow and people have asked what is that all about tessa you want to take this one
2: sure Well, where you have that wood framing, you don't have as much insulation like as you do in the wall cavity next to it. So that spot, you're going to have a lot more heat loss happening through that wood framing than you do through the cavity that's insulated. And it's called thermal bridging when you lose heat through that framing member. So when it's really warm inside and cold outside, you're losing that heat through that framing, and that spot becomes colder than the area around it. So it's more likely to have condensation on that cold spot and if you've got like soot or dust in the air like if you burn candles or or whatnot Mm -hmm. then that can stick to those cold surface that cold surface area you've got the framing members so you can actually get this outline of where all the framing is on your exterior walls or your, your ceiling if it's a cold spot because there's no insulation there
0: So does this indicate a problem with the house?
2: It indicates an area that doesn't have any insulation a lot of times it's an area where you can't really easily get to and you can't insulate it and I wouldn't say Say it's a problem at all.
1: Got Yeah. All right. Would just, you say it's, it's a problem? No. Yeah. There's a no. difference in temperature between it, two yeah. surfaces yep. or two, it's two materials. It's just building science. Yeah, it's, it.
2: it's heat loss, basically, and there's not a whole lot you can typically do to improve it in a lot of older houses. If it's happening kind of at the corner where the wall meets the ceiling, those are spots you really can't get into and add more insulation. If it's happening, you know, in a spot where you can get more insulation, well, then you can... You can fix it. Yeah, I'd
0: say what what you could do about this is uh, wash your wall. <laughs> there. Well, now you don't <laughs> burn see it less, anymore. Burn oh less candles. Now we're
1: going to have a robust this conversation about something. Wash your wall? What are you talking about? <laughs> you, just you take should just... a rag
0: and wipe off the marks. That's it. <laughs> you, That's all.
1: It's never going to look clean after you do that. You need to paint it. Oh, stop it yeah yeah stop actually. It. okay I, i'm gonna challenge you to go home today after this and wipe down your kitchen wall and see what it looks like after you're done all right i'll take pictures you will be painting the wall
2: <laughs> you just had that painted too ruben you may not want to do it right in the kitchen choose yeah, a basement yeah. wall Yeah, okay, i'll check it out <laughs>
1: all right so that's going to be a wrap on this you've been listening to structure talk a structure tech presentation we'll catch you next time For more information on how we can provide you with the right information about your home before you buy or sell, contact us at structuretech1.com.